Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 437 of Her, the podcast, where, well, you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and today her yoga. Say yes to yoga. That's I'm just saying, say yes to yoga. What a fabulous episode we have coming up. Before we begin, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Now, ladies, you know you're trying to get all your little, you know, greens in and everything every day and it's never working because you work so hard and you forget because you're a human being for crying out loud. So leading with compassion, I'm telling you, you need to make certain to at least get your multiple vitamin in. Run on over to Solaray Vitamins for Women and learn more. Solaray.com. And here's your first reminder that you want to run on over to iTunes to rate and review the show after the episode because we love to hear your feedback. We do, we do, we do. All right. It's time for Her. Her. The podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. I'm just taking a deep breath because every time I talk with our guest, Beth Shaw, who is one of the world's most renowned yoga experts, I just want to take a deep breath and go to a calm place, a safe place, because it's a Beth Shaw kind of place. Now, Beth is not only a dear, dear friend of mine and a repeat offender on the Herb podcast, but she's really redefined wellness in America. She's authored four books. Her work has challenged industrialized wellness and paved the way for a passionate and responsible approach to all-round wellness. She's revolutionized the fitness industry by bringing yoga into the mainstream with her inclusive and impactful style of yoga for over 22 years. Years. Beth, welcome to the Herb Podcast again. Pam, thank you so much. It's so great to be here. All right. Let's just bring yoga up to right now. All right. You and I have been talking yoga for decades, ever since I met you and all of your incredible work with Yoga Fit and all the rest. I think women and men and children and people of all ages are now openly and happily embracing what yoga really represents. Why is this happening now? Is there a shift going on? Well, I would only pray for a lot of shifts going on. You know, a number of factors. First of all, we are all traumatized, all of us, from the past three years. And when people had the opportunity to finally confront their mental health challenges, a lot of people are looking for self-directed natural solutions. So obviously yoga comes to mind because it works the body, the mind, and the spirit. And also on a more practical level, helps you lower your heart rate, regulate your insulin levels, and just feel good in your body. And you know, we all know when you're not feeling good in your mind, it becomes a little bit more challenging to feel good in your body. I'll also add that because of all the time we're spending bent over technology, literally, whether people are walking in the streets with poor iPhone posture or hunched over their computer and Zoom, 
we've got a posture crisis in this country. And what happens is when people have poor posture is their breathing starts to get compromised because they're not able to take full deep breaths and their core center muscles get weak, their pecs get tight. You've got a lot of kyphotic posture that you really didn't want to have and, and doesn't suit your mood or your body. Not to mention the fact that people are having a lot of back issues from sitting for long periods of time. And I feel like people want to wake up now. They want to get consciousness. They want to know the truth of everything. And yoga is a very powerful way, at least it has been in my experience and the millions of people I've worked with worldwide, an opportunity to really wake up to self on every level. I love it. And well, you know, I want to give a shout out to your latest book, which I helped contribute to, and that's Healing Trauma with Yoga and Mind-Body Techniques. I am really happy to see more of a focus on trauma. When I say trauma, this is in the eyes of the beholder. You don't have to have a building fall on you. There are so many other things going on. It's traumatizing to be isolated. And the lockdowns, needless to say, did that par excellence is traumatizing to be neglected and abandoned and to suffer verbal abuse, let alone physical abuse, et cetera. There's so much stuff going on out there, traumatizing relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So what I have always found, and I give a shout out to Bessel van der Kolk's incredible book, The Body Keeps the Score, which is really a high-level science book all about what trauma does to the human body. But here's the part that I love that where you come in, and that is he was one of the first psychotherapeutic professionals to incorporate yoga. It was like trauma-informed yoga. And I had never heard that before years ago when he wrote this. And I was fascinated with what that was all about. To assume that as a yoga instructor, you just walk up to anybody randomly in the class and, you know, touch them and perform some correction, say, for instance. You know, if someone's been traumatized, especially bodily, that's very traumatizing all over again. They have a stranger walk up to you and touch your body. So I love the fact that you concentrated this book on trauma. Tell me why it came up in the first place for you to do that. Well, to be honest with you, I had given my publisher a list of seven different titles of books that I, you know, I have a goal of doing 10 books before I die. And they, they picked the probably the one that I didn't want them to pick, which was Healing Trauma with Yoga. And also because we're celebrating our 10th year of the Yoga Fit Warriors program now, which is Trauma-Informed Yoga. It is now a 200-hour yoga certification. And we also have Yoga Fit Warrior Kids. We have a collective trauma workshop that is new that we're debuting at our Scottsdale Mind-Body Fitness Conference in July. So we've been doing a lot of trauma-informed yoga. Our program is written by a lieutenant military colonel who also happens to be a yoga fit trainer. And seeing all the people that we have helped, not only first responders and veterans, but just anybody, friends and family members I brought to this program, to see how it's been helping them it seemed like a natural segue into really dealing with what are core issues for individuals and also giving people tools that they can implement in their daily life so that they can 
feel better in that moment. And that's really what healing trauma with yoga and other mind-body tools is all about. It's just giving people extra tools because let's face it, you're not living with your psychologist or therapist. In fact, it's really hard for people to get those appointments these days. And so much like our health and wellness, we need to take matters into our own hands. And I firmly believe that. So much of our medical care system as it exists today is broken. And to your point, if you're not your own best advocate, who is? Exactly. And that means that you need to be yourself smart and informed, right? Most definitely, Pam. That's a very good point. And also one needs to be able to become what yoga teaches us, and that is the witness to the mind and the body. A lot of times we don't know what's going to drive our heart rate up. I went to the doctor yesterday and he asked me, have you just been working out? And I said, no. And he said, well, your heart rate is way up. And I said, I just got a very disturbing email on my way in here. And then I had to remind myself to take my 10 deep breaths and do some advanced deep breathing. Because if you start to watch how many times during the day you're triggered, that's causing a lot of detrimental effects on the body, on the aging process, on your cortisol levels, on everything, as you being a doctor know more than anybody. Yeah, and especially on your heart. So when your heart rate goes up, your heart rate variability, which is a real good sign of resilience of the heart, goes down. It's an inverse situation. I'm glad you brought that up because how many times during the day do we get triggered? Yeah, in traffic, with a phone call, on our email, at work, perhaps in a personal situation. The opportunities to be triggered are endless. I believe that if we can keep some type of a baseline of peace and calm, we can even have an emotional reaction, but we're not that attached to it because it becomes more superficial. So, you know, there are many different tricks and tools that one can implement into their own mental health program to become less reactive. And as you know, because you've known me for a long time, I'm a highly reactive New York crazy person. I, I mean, least likely to be a yogi, really. And I still have aspects of that, but fortunately, yoga continues to help me work on myself. Mm-hmm. As it does for all of us. You know, what I do is I kind of cherry pick what I need in terms of physical activity kind of experiences. So yoga, to me, opens me up. And so it really helps. You mentioned posture. It really helps me open up there. And I feel like I could take a deeper breath, which is so terribly important. And it also makes me more, there's a word out there. It's a fancy science word. Here it comes. Hold on. Interoceptive. And that means I'm more in touch with the status of my body. So many people, and I bet you've seen this countless times and know all about this, people are walking around feeling dissociated, mind and body. Basically, their body is just something carting their head around, and their head is getting them through the day, but their body is like barely existent. And introception, I think, is really highlighted greatly in yoga. Because, you know, when I'm doing poses, I'm very aware where my arms are, my legs are, how my core is feeling, and that's kind of cool. I mean, you could say that in any athletic endeavor, 
there's a lot of that going on. But with yoga, you could also take your time doing this. So it's one of these situations where you can slow it down, feel it. I can't really slow down running, you know, in a big way if I'm kind of trying to get something done or cycling or back and forth. But yoga, I can. And I've used it to be able to support other athletic endeavors. I personally feel that every single person out there could absolutely benefit by integrating more yoga into their life. How would they do that? Uh, most definitely, Pam. Everyone can integrate yoga into their lives, and it doesn't need to be like a full-on hour session. Like, I went to the gym this morning. I did an hour of various cardio machines, and then I did some low back stretching. I did some upside-down pigeon. I did plow pose. I stood on my head for five minutes. Just to stretch out the hips, the hamstrings, the quadriceps, the hip flexors, the low back, 10 minutes really is all it takes and people will feel different in that 10 minutes. And for people like yourself who are so athletic, yoga becomes a game changer to prevent repetitive use injuries and also help balance out muscles that are used again and again and again in a way that will allow for a better athletic performance on a regular basis. You know, So whether you're playing golf or tennis, just going to the gym and lifting weights, I believe that everyone should at least incorporate 10 minutes of yoga post-workout. I use it for recovery as well. When I'm doing my stretches after workouts, no matter what it is, I will go into specific poses. I love cat-cow. Yeah, cat-cow's cat cow's great. Cat-cow's great because I'm a cat. I've got that, that back up like a cat. And then, ooh, then I'm concave and now I'm a cow. And what that does for my back, because I'm, I'm a tall person like you and I've got a long back and my back is screaming for, you know, a little bit of stretching here. And I really feel fabulous. Child's pose is how I end almost everything. I love a child's pose because it's just this beautiful, calm, safe place like a child would find. And that's just kneeling on the, on the mat and then having your hands directly out in front of you. And then what you have is your, your head is you know, between your arms and you're just all squished down to this beautiful little pose. I don't know how else better to say it. Can you say it better, Beth? No, you, you said it very eloquently. It's it's just a beautiful place of rest and a place where you can kind of just feel connected to yourself and just, you know, hang out and breathe. I know. And, you know, in the morning, I love my sun salutation. What's not better than just looking up to the sun, as it were? I mean, when I say that metaphorically, you're in a house and whatever, or you could be outdoors but just to reach up and just to really extend the body feels so naturally, organically good. I mean, there's just no downside here whatsoever. And I think just about everyone can do it working around whatever kind of restrictions or impairments or whatever is going on. You could still do it. What about what it does to your mind? Well, you know, just by engaging in the deep breathing and at Yoga Fit, we do one breath for one movement. So it almost puts you into a hypnotic trance. Actually, not almost, it does. Puts you into hypnotic trance. But there's something about connecting with the breath 
and also getting yourself into the parasympathetic nervous system, that's very golden. And that actually we can all control just by making our exhalations twice as long as our inhalations. And that will automatically put us into a state of rest and digest instead of fight or flight, which most of us, myself included, spend a good part of the day in fight or flight. What kind of breathing would you recommend that people do, especially like when you got that weird email that triggered you and made you feel, you know, like, uh oh, what kind of breathing do you go to? I, I read all about, you know, the 444 breathing and the this and that. Is, is there something that is specific in terms of breathing that you find to be simple and doable for most people? For myself, and, and 444, you know, is a great breath, as is the breath where you make your exhalations twice as long as your inhalation. I just do deep belly breathing, Pam. I've, I'll put my hands on my midsection, and I'll just inhale as deeply as I can, and then exhale. And imagine that I'm filling up a balloon with air and then pressing the air out of the balloon. And somehow, I find that to be an incredibly grounding breath. Again, I was at the doctor's office, so I wasn't able to, like, bust into some yoga poses, but I did have to remind myself to calm the F down. Okay. Well, there you go. And that's a little self-dialogue too. It's like calm, calm. Yes. And one of my mantras to myself that I repeat constantly is I am peaceful. I am calm. I am relaxed. So like, for example, if I'm going to get an IV vitamin drip, which I do every two weeks, and I'm not a huge fan of anybody sticking needles in my veins, I will just repeat that mantra to myself. I am peaceful. I am calm. I am relaxed. We teach a lot of positive affirmations in our Yoga Fit Level 2 training. I have them taped to my bathroom mirror. I practice them. I do a lot of self-talk, like today is going to be a great day. I am a magnet for miracles. And all of this kind of falls into the vein of yoga in that it is not only becoming aware of the mind, but also learning that you can shift your thoughts because a thought will then create an emotion, which will typically create an action or a reaction. And for people much like myself who are, are highly reactive, it really helps to be able to catch our thoughts if they're not so positive and shift them and not stay in them for too long. Because typically the emotion that is associated with a thought should only last about 90 seconds. But for many people on a negative neural pathway loop, they're going to repeat the thought and the emotion, and it just becomes a vicious cycle. And none of us are immune to it. We're all going to fall prey to it at some point, but the quicker you can get yourself out of it, the more of a mental health strategy you have. I think one of the things that you have always taught, Beth, in all the years I've known you, is that you're a lot more powerful than you think you are. So when people feel like they're just, you know, feeling helpless, hopeless, and defeated, that you could actually take a moment and that wonderful inhalation and double exhalation and reset and take control. I think that that's really an incredibly important point, especially when we deal with trauma. Because in trauma, you feel like you literally are helpless, hopeless, and defeated. So give us an example of what trauma-informed yoga is all about. Well, so many different things. Obviously, like you mentioned, not putting, doing hands-on adjustment. Like at the end of, the, of a yoga class when I'm dealing with live people, I'll typically go around and pull people's legs to help release their low back. 
but I, I always preface it with, I'm coming around to make adjustments. If you don't want an adjustment, just keep your hands at your midsection. So you'll know, because you know we've all had the experience, early teachers not knowing any better, and you go to grab someone's legs and they jump through the roof. You know, and I've made a number of mistakes once I, I came into uh, a yoga fit for the brain class that we were leading at a conference, and I had everyone kind of close their eyes and face the wall and just do a little yoga and, and dance movement. And for people who are traumatized, that didn't go over well. They want to know where the exits are. They want to feel safe. They don't want to feel like someone is necessarily behind them and they don't know what's going to happen if they were mugged or something. So we'll see trauma come up in a lot of different ways. It manifests in the physical body as tight hips a lot of the time. We store a lot of trauma in our hips. Digestive issues, a lot of problems with the gut. So you know, they say the issues live in the tissues. Oh, I love that. The issues live in the tissues. Okay, that's a keeper. There's no question about it. You're absolutely right. I think I'm just thrilled we're spending more time and more focus on honoring the fact that everyone has a story out there. Some people were quite fortunate not to have a whole lot of trauma triggering in their life, and God bless every one of them. My feeling is that the majority of people have had something that they carry around with them, whether it was bullying when they were in school or some level of harassment as they started marching through their career or whatever. The bottom line is I feel like your book, Healing Trauma with Yoga and Mind-Body Techniques, is absolutely essential for people to read and then to pick and choose what works best for them, understanding that I think what one of the things I got out of the book was you yourself out there in the Her Podcast land, you can redefine your relationship between your mind and your body, especially your body, if you have had a history of trauma, it's important to know that you can redefine the narrative and create a new normal for yourself. Very much so. And, you know, there's so many different ways now that people are disassociating from their trauma so that they can stay present in the moment. Ketamine comes to mind. A lot of people are using ketamine infusions for medically supervised, of course, for disassociation with trauma, because sometimes using the mind to understand and dissect the mind is, is not enough for people, but bringing it back to the body is always very helpful because, you know, I am safe in this moment was a mantra we used a lot during the COVID crisis while teaching. And also just to be able to feel that you are in the body that you're in today, stay present in the moment. And again, in this moment, I am safe. You know, one of the things I did throughout the lockdowns and whatever is I looked at my family and I said, this is just so surreal. I feel like I'm living in a Stephen King sci-fi story here. It, you wake up and you just want it to be over. over. Yeah. Like I'm done yeah. kind of a thing. One of the things I started playing with was basically giving myself a hug. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 
you know, the self hug, you know, yes. you just sort of wrap your arms around yourself and then you say self-compassionate things like you're going to be okay. And you could rub your arms or your, you know, whatever, <laughs> wherever your hands and arms end up. I just found that to be so wonderful. I mean, obviously you can get it from other people. No question about that. But what if you're alone? How are you going to do that? And there's so much value too in being able to give to ourselves first, just like, you know, you can only go so as deep with another person as you have gone into your own soul. You know, they say, fill your cup up first, put your own oxygen mask on first, all of that. The ability for us to self-soothe and lift ourselves up is, is crucial, especially during these times. How can people start to learn yoga? Well, they can go to yogafit.com. We've got over 200 different virtual courses, everything from yoga for heart health to obviously a lot of trauma-informed yoga, yoga therapeutic programs. We're bringing YogaFit into the healthcare system worldwide now, doing a lot of work in Japan and in Turkey, where they're a little bit more progressive in their approach to things. They can hop on over to yogafit.com, take a virtual course. We've also got short form courses and like our Yoga Lean Weight Loss and Weight Management ongoing eight-week courses that you can join in with a community of people and meet up a couple of times a week for support, encouragement, and obviously yoga. And we actually have a psychologist who participates in that program as well as one of our Yoga Fit trainers. So that's probably the best place or visit our YouTube channel, Yoga Fit YouTube channel. Okay. And so here, you know, you've got a way to begin. So you've got beginner's courses, you've got people who've never done yoga before. And what about men? Oh, we've, well, actually it's men's health month and we have a lot of yoga programs for men and we have a lot of male trainers on our yoga fit team. And I think all men should be doing, everybody should be doing yoga. All men should be doing yoga for sure. Aren't men actually incorporating yoga on sports teams? Yes, with, with incredibly positive results. Really? Yeah. I've done um, some work with the NFL with their referees who the average age of an NFL referee is 57 years old. And these guys have been running up and down a field for a very long period of time. And again, you know, you want to be like bamboo. You want to be strong. You want to be flexible. We age much better when we have that flexibility physically and mentally. And I also believe that yoga when it gives us the physical flexibility, it also helps us become more mentally flexible, which is a great coping skill for life in general. I love that whole bamboo thing, flexible and strong, right? That's it. I love visuals like that because now when I look at bamboo, I'm going to say that to myself. <laughs> okay, I want to be like that because normally it's like be like a, a strong oak tree, which is interesting, but I like the bamboo part because you can really see the strength and it really resonates with people. So that's cool too. Now let's go to the whole place of yoga in a class. Is there power in doing it by yourself with a class? People oftentimes ask us about lots of things with fitness, whether it's learning weightlifting by yourself you know, with a trainer, with a class. How does all that work? I personally prefer a, a live class format because I believe that it is inspiring. We get energy from other people that we might not get from a Zoom call. You know, it just, it helps set the stage, I think, for people to try a little harder and just apply themselves more. 
If you go to the research world, and these studies have been published in Yoga Journal and other places, one of the things you learn is that in people who do the practice of yoga, now I say the practice so that what you're not hearing is I did it once a month. Right. Okay, this is not going to help you. You can't run once a month and hope to run a marathon and do well. That's just never happening. So with people who do it as in the best of all worlds as some kind of a daily practice, but you don't have to be daily, just, you know, some kind of practice during the week, like it's three times a week, four times a week, however, that if you look at what happens to their cardiometabolic profile, that their blood pressure decreases their heart rate decreases, that heart rate variability, which is a metric that tells you about the resilience of the heart, increases. In other words, it all points in the right direction. If you train and train yourself to do the yoga on a on a regular basis, I know you've probably seen this among some of your own people. Oh, very much so. I mean, we've seen such amazing health stories come out throughout these 25, over 25 years, we've been a school now. One of my favorite stories is a a gentleman who has since become a yoga fit trainer, but he picked up my book, Yoga Lean, and without any additional support, lost 80 pounds in one year, just following the book and the program. So it's like anything else, you know, we have to apply ourselves. It has to be regular. And the results just continue to enhance, enhance, enhance. And people are just that, you know, health things clear up, chronic pain lessens, injuries, you know, we teach people how to work around any type of injury or special condition. And the the body, as you know, wants to heal itself. and, And yoga really opens up those healing channels energetically and in many other ways so that true healing can happen again on every level. Most people just skip through the day mindlessly. They're sort of banging from one meeting to another, from one task to another. And a lot of it's just acidly focused on one little thing here, there, and everywhere, just to kind of scratch off those to-dos that you got to get done throughout the day. That guy who dropped the weight, and I assume he kept it off as well. He he has kept it off, yes. I guarantee you that one of the things that happened with him is the mindless eating, that he became more mindful because what I have found, and also the scientific literature supports this, is that yoga increases mindfulness, which means you are more in the present. And if you're more in the present, instead of worrying about tomorrow or freaking out about what you did yesterday... But if you're truly in the present, then you're paying attention. You're focusing. So when a meal is served, you're much more into staying on top of that and saying and asking yourself, well, wait a minute now. I'm full, but there's still food on the plate. So there's no reason why I have to eat the whole thing. And I just wait on that. I think his level of mindfulness increased precipitously with his yoga practice. And this tends to leak out onto everything in your life. So suddenly you find yourself organizing better, decluttering. Yeah. Chapter three is all about clearing the space. Absolutely. Leaving the white space. 
just kind of, you know, going to the feng shui place. There's just a beautiful domino effect. Once you become more aware, knowledgeable, and mindful of your present, it's all good. So you, you nip the vicious cycle in the bud and you start a positive cycle is the way I look at it. So as we bring this wonderful episode to a closure, for everyone out there in the Herb Podcast land, do you have a golden nugget of wisdom you can impart to everyone so that they have a little something to chew on as we finish up the episode and maybe sit back and contemplate and maybe even get themselves motivated to do something that improves their life? Well, I will say that pretty much any activity we engage in is either going to be supporting our bodies, our minds, and our spirits, or taking away from perhaps our cognitive function, our health, if you're you know driving through the fast food window. I actually, I run a seminar called Run Your Body Like a Business, and you want to definitely be putting like more positive deposits in the bank than withdrawals. And so just think of all of your choices and ask yourself, is this serving my body, my mind, and my spirit, or is this detracting from all or one of those three things? And that gives us, you know, and it's going to be for most most of us, you know, 80-20 or 90-10, but that gives us a way to just quickly assess, are we doing yoga? Are we, you know, letting three days go by without going to the gym or doing some exercise? Are we eating processed gluten, sugary food? Are we consuming too much alcohol or caffeine? How are we running our lives? And what you put into your body is as important as what you do with your body and as important as what you're thinking. I love it. Run your body like a business. That's just amazing. In my book, Fit to Live, I kind of, I coined the term body dollars. Oh, okay. You know, are you, how many body dollars are you spending today? Right. So you got to think about it like, you know, your allowance. Are you over budget? Are you staying within budget? Are you really planning more than anything else? I absolutely love that. Beth, once again, I'm taking another oh, deep cleansing breath. Just being around you, Beth, it's like osmosis. It's infectious, you know, the calm and the peace and the restfulness. And for that, all of us in the Herb Podcast land, thank you so much for being on the show once again. Pam, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much and namaste. And namaste indeed. And everyone run over to iTunes and rate and review this episode right now while it's fresh in your mind because this is so wonderful. Ah. Namaste, indeed. And then, speaking of namaste, I want to make certain to give another shout-out to our sponsor, Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Run on over to solaray.com. Would you please take better care of yourself, ladies? Learn about the multivitamins with the liposomal coating especially. All right. Well, listen, I'm just so thrilled, Beth, that you were with me again I want everyone out there to know how special it always is to learn more about yoga from one of the world's experts, and that is Beth Shaw. So I'm Dr. Pam Peek, host of the Her Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek, 
or Twitter and Instagram at PamPeakMD. And remember to catch every single episode of the Her Podcast on iTunes, Radio MD, Spotify, all the big platforms. We're out there, we're rocking and rolling. Thanks for listening today, every single one of you. Stay safe and stay well.